Hi, I'm Faith. And I'm Corey. And whether it's a book, movie, or a TV show, we'll stick with you to the better end. Corey, I got a question for you. Yeah? If you could put yourself on a completely new career path, something that you have not been in school for at all, nothing that you've prepared for, but you have a magic ball and you can see yourself doing it, what would it be? Okay, so it can't be at all related to what I'm currently doing. Mm -mm. Right now I'm on the path for something English related. Mm -hmm. So like now I teach high school English and high school history. I work at a library. And my future, I could see myself being an English professor, or I could be a writer. Mm-hmm. So something not related to those. Yes. If I could choose anything else, that I'd have to be like a version of myself slightly to the left or north or whatever. Sure. Like just off by a little bit. I think I'd be an architect. Ooh. How come? Yeah. So I I love architecture. Mm-hmm. It's something I really admire and go out of my way to look at. Yeah. As you know, because when, <laughs> when I was visiting you a couple weekends ago, I insisted that we went and saw the Parthenon in Nashville. Yes. Which, if our listeners don't know, it's a one-to-one like scale replica of the Parthenon in Athens, but in Nashville, Tennessee, and built in... 1897 i think for the yeah i want to say like a world's fair yes it was the world's Um, fair okay so i found out about it and was like i have to see it because i like weird architecture Mm -hmm. i point architecture out all the time i got pulled over once because i was admiring uh architecture plaques like historical plaques on historical buildings (laughs) that were describing the architecture you did i I was doing this late at night yeah they (laughs) thought you were being a punk well, that's because the town where we went to college, there's not a whole lot to do in town. Mm-hmm. And so if you wanted to hang out and not just sit around, you had to, you could walk around town. Yeah. But after any, any activity downtown after like 5 p.m. is suspect. Right. Because so, nothing is open. So they think that you're really trying to. Like case the place. Yeah. 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 You're trying to case yeah, the place. Which is exactly what they asked me. And I was like, no, like I go to the college here and I just really like architecture. <laughs> I was, I was admiring like the transom windows and the dental work around the edges of such and such building. And they're like, okay, weird kid. I'm sure they called to their You're partner. You're too nerdy to be a criminal, And they I said, <laughs> they said, uh, yeah, let's keep a double watch on this one because... They just made up some fancy new words to impress me. In reality, <laughs> all they did was make themselves look way more suspect. It would have been yeah, way sure. less sus if you had just said, we were just taking a walk. Right, right, for sure. Except we had really closely analyzed, like, certain parts of these buildings. Oh, no. Because you're you're staring parts. inside the windows. Huh? Oh, look at the we crown are, molding. We're looking... We're looking in the windows, we're looking at specific places, like, over certain doors, and the historical plaques themselves are on random different places on each building. Some are way down low, some are, like, right by the front door, some are on, like, a side corner, and so I'm sure it seemed super suspect. And while we were hanging out, we noticed 
like a big black car drive past us a couple of times and we're like ah other people who don't have anything to do was it but a then cop? immediately as soon it was a cop as soon as we got in my car and drove barely out of town uh-huh uh a real cop car and that black suv turned their lights on and pulled me over oh wow they thought they were catching a real criminal yeah, except it was just little old me, <laughs> uh, the architecture nerd. So yeah. I like architecture enough to get pulled over about it. And <laughs> my problem, the thing that has kept me from a career in architecture, besides my love of stories and reading and writing and all things English. Is it math? Is my, yeah, <laughs> it's math. It's my nemesis, math. I am not good enough at math to pull off a career in something like architecture mm. but in an alternate universe where i'm me but yeah. just a little like skewed slightly a different direction sure and i'm better at math mm-hmm. then i i could be an architect architect i almost said an architecturist <laughs> but that's the wrong <laughs> word but i would love to design interesting buildings or bridges i love bridges you might know this about me also. I love any kind of odd bridge. Okay. I can walk across or something. Uh-huh. Like, love swinging bridges. Ooh, I hate swinging bridges. I love them. Some people intentionally avoid bridges, but I I seek them out. Specifically ones that are kind of spooky. Ooh, I got to go to Pigeon Forge mm-hmm. with my family. Not this past Christmas time, but the Christmas time before that. And one of the things we did was you can ride up this, there's like a chair lift, like a ski lift kind of thing to the top of a little mountain that overlooks, actually overlooks Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's like the sky view tram thing or whatever, but you yeah. still, it's like a ski lift. Yeah. It's like you fit two people. Mm-hmm. And I weirdly really like heights. <laughs> it scares me a lot, but I like to be high up. Okay. But I do kind of like, it is kind of a rush, and I like being up there once I feel like I'm not going to fall down and be dead. <laughs> but once okay. we got up there, there's a little bridge over, like, a little bitty valley. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a swinging bridge, or a suspension bridge is the better, more professional term for it. It's a suspension bridge. And in the middle section, it's clear plexiglass uh, on the bottom. no thank you. And that was very fascinating to me. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> I rode up there twice because, like, once you pay to ride it, you can ride it again. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, so that would be my other job if I were an alternate version of myself. Maybe a second career. Like, one day when I've done all the things with English I can do and I <laughs> suddenly get good at math. <laughs> sure. You practice all these yeah. years just so you can get yeah, through the, the coursework. Yeah, I'll practice the dark arts of math one day. <laughs> it's really just algebra. I guess so. I feel like there's some geometry in there. And I feel more confident about geometry than I do algebra. And it's probably the same part of my brain that likes geometry more, that also likes architecture and stuff. Mm. But I just appreciate a really beautiful building Mm -hmm. or bridge. So, yeah, that would be my alternative career. Yeah. What made you think about careers? Well, it's funny you should ask. The actual reason that I asked you is to get a feel for how you feel about office jobs. Specifically, the office jobs. (laughs) Personally, I would not like to work in an office office in a traditional sense. 
But the office of the TV show, I also don't know a whole lot about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've seen some of the office, uh-huh. like especially some earlier seasons. But I fell off the office wagon at some point and never got back on. Mm. And I don't have enough interest to. Mostly because watching the office gives me secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. And I don't I don't like that feeling for prolonged <laughs> periods of time. So the good thing about the office is that there's only certain scenes later on that actually give you secondhand embarrassment. And for the meantime, it's mostly just good humor. Yeah. I do know a lot of quotes from it, and I can Mm -hmm. picture a lot of memorable scenes from it, because I've either seen them as a clip, or I've been force-fed that episode. And I love Jim. Jim's great. (laughs) I'm so interested to know what your most memorable clip is. Uh, the most memorable episode to me, because I have a whole episode. Okay, so there's a couple things. Several of Jim's pranks stick uh-huh. out in my brain. Like the one where he convinces or tries to convince Dwight that he is not him, that this this Asian man is him. Yeah. He hires in his place and replaces all the pictures on his desk and everything. That I loved. Yeah, their improv friend. Yes, I thought that was wonderful. I also, really, I love any of the pranks. But also, I keep saying also, (laughs) um, the episode where there's a fire. Ooh, yeah. But it's really a drill started by Dwight. A drill that causes a real man to have a heart attack. Yes, it it was very humorous to me. Because Angela is a... Like, pulls cats out of filing cabinets and throws them into the ceiling. And ceiling tiles are falling and people are panicking and Stanley has a heart attack. That part's not funny, but it is intense. And Michael freaks out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's it's a pretty good one. It's a vibe. I see that scene and every single time I scream laughing. I scream laughing because there's so many little bits of it that you forget about because the entire thing is so chaotic. I just, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It's like, it's like walking into an antique store Mm -hmm. where every time you walk in, you could go to the same antique store a million times, but there's so much stuff on the walls and on every shelf and inside every cabinet that Mm -hmm. every time you go without fail, you will see new things. Right. Even if literally it's the same stuff that's always been there. Sure. And you can look closer at certain items and see new things on those certain items, too. Yes. Oh, yes. So give me give me a, a condensed recap of The Office. The whole thing. <laughs> specifically the ending. Sure. So essentially, Michael Scott is the office manager he is kind of a goofball, pretty socially awkward. He's very, very innocent, but also he makes a lot of jokes and does a lot of things that make you go, uh, oh no, oh man, you can't, you can't yeah, do Michael, that. Michael would get canceled today. The reason the author, the office has not gotten canceled is because Michael is to blame for all of it. And Michael in this show is not PC. He, as a character, is not PC. And all the other characters are desperately trying to help him. 
Right, and you're not like even though you're supposed to root for Michael, you it's know not he's in wrong. the like. Right, right. It's in a you know he's the problem kind right. of. Right. There's an episode where he burns his foot on a George Foreman grill, and mm-hmm. he's not giving enough attention for it. And so he has an entire office meeting where he brings in the building owner who happens to oh. be in a wheelchair. And uh-huh. the building owner is going, oh, well, I'm glad I made it up here. I wanted to talk to you guys, um, blah, 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 the elevators. And Michael just keeps interjecting and being like, how, how did you wake up this morning? Knowing that you do not have functioning legs. Oh, no. And he goes, Oh, no. Just like any other morning. Anyway, uh, don't put metal in the microwave. It can cause a fire. And Michael just continues to interject with, How do you, how long does it take you to brush your teeth? It must take you so long. <laughs> which, oh, which, no. none of these things have to do with the fact that this poor man is just in a wheelchair and living his normal life. But right. he goes, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. And Michael goes, that is ten times longer than it takes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> which, he's talking about brushing his teeth. It's not right. a, this like, is not a, oh... Poor thing, you have a hard life. This is, Michael, you don't have good hygiene, my brother. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you you gotta fix to, yourself. You, brush. you gotta sing that ABC song. Yeah, twice over. Happy birthday. Do something. Get along, sing twinkle, along twinkle, brushes. Twinkle, star. <gasps> did you have a tooth tunes when you were in middle school? At one point I did, yes. I don't remember what age. I had a, yes. I had a, a high school musical themed tooth tunes and it sang <laughs> as long as I was supposed to be brushing my teeth. Mine was Barbie Rapunzel themed, I do believe. <laughs> but memory unlocked. We, but anyway, <laughs> we digress. Michael brush your teeth for longer. Anyway, the building manager goes, "Let me stop you right there." And leave. And then he just dips. He has had enough. Good. This is Good. this is absolutely par for the course for Michael Scott because Michael Scott is very oblivious right and he's totally tone deaf this is this is true for the whole show and there are moments the the writers wanted to make michael more lovable than he was in the first season which i think is a reason a lot of people get turned off with the office in the very very beginning because i think i never made it through the first season oh it's tough because they tried to do exactly what they did in the British version. Oh, specifically, we're talking about the American version of The Office. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They tried to do what they did with the British version, but it just wasn't working with their core audience. They needed mm-hmm. to liven him up and make him more likable. Right. So, Well, because British and American humor is different in some cases. Yes. And I, if I understand correctly... Ricky Gervais's character, his version of Michael Scott, which I, is he even named Michael Scott? I don't know. Anyway, the Michael Scott of the British one, mm-hmm. regardless of what he's named, he's not meant to be likable ever. No. I don't, that's my impression. No. Like, I think he's the jerk and it's, it's everyone else against him right. the whole show through. Right. Which is, you know, like, that's such a different 
angle. And I think the problem is when you have such a centrally focused character, at least for American audiences, it's really hard to stick with a show where you can't root where the for person them. right where the person who's being portrayed by all the traditional signifiers mm-hmm. as the protagonist because mm-hmm. we get most of the show from really the eyes of Michael Scott even though it's really I know from the eyes of this mockumentary sure uh, people sure but, but it he's follows the boss. Michael yeah and he's the central character he is it's really hard to have a central character. That is just unlikable. It is. Unredemptively terrible. At least in America it is. Right, right. Well, uh, a lot of British shows are way more like nihilist or dark kind of. It's just a different kind of humor. Mm -hmm. A lot of British shows, you don't like the main characters ever. Is at least the way it feels like. Yeah, in a lot of British shows, you never like the main characters, or you're not meant to. It's mm-hmm. a lot of making fun... Like, there's a really popular show called Faulty Towers. Okay. Which, another part of, like, a hallmark of British television is, at least in their fictional, like, comedies and stuff, you have very limited runs for shows. Okay. So, no matter how big of a success the show is, they're not going to milk it for more and more seasons. If what they'd already planned is the show ends in two seasons. So I think Faulty Towers only has two seasons. Even though it was a really big hit. Right. And it's a it's a workplace comedy. Okay. It takes place at this terrible hotel. And the guy who's in charge is not very likable. Oh no. But he's not meant to be. Uh-huh. Right? You're not supposed to really root for him. You're laughing at him along with everyone else in the show. Sure. And that's just a totally different dynamic than I think American audiences are primed for. Okay. That was my problem with The Office's first season. Michael is so unlikable and makes me so uncomfortable. Yes. That I didn't, I couldn't cope. It was too much. (laughs) So luckily for you, they ran it by Mm -hmm. some pilot audiences who said, we think that he should be more likable. (laughs) And they did. They gave him some redemptive moments. Like, a really, really big one early on is that Jim, one of the characters who is a salesman, has a huge crush on the receptionist, Pam, who is engaged to another guy who works in the warehouse who's a pretty big jerk. And... Roy. Roy, yes. You see Jim kind of getting really, really let down when they're on a booze cruise. Um, I think Mm. it's in the second season. They decide that they actually are going to get married. They set a day. They were already engaged, but it's just a whole long thing. It's another step towards Roy and Pam getting married and another step further away from Jim actually getting to be with Pam. So Jim goes out to the deck, is really, really low, just deciding that he's going to give up, even thinking about leaving the office, I guess. Well, it takes him running into Michael, and Michael just kind of sitting there being pretty serious and just looking out at the water as Jim goes. He just starts talking about it. He just starts talking about how he likes Pam, and she's engaged, and there's just no hope. And Michael looks at him really seriously, and it seems like one of the very few, like, somber, sober moments in the office, where Mm -hmm. Michael looks at him and says, engaged ain't married. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Ooh. <laughs> and he kind of walks away. And Jim just stares back at him because 
it for him as well is one of these moments where he goes, oh, that was actually good advice. And he takes it. Right. He takes him up on this advice and he doesn't give up. Which, as you soon find out, season after season of Pam and Roy and just so many debacles amongst the two of them where they're engaged, they're not engaged, they're dating again, et cetera, et cetera. And you just right. keep getting well, these and moments. Well, like Roy, doesn't Roy make promises he doesn't follow through on? And he's not thoughtful. Right. Exactly. He is not a great boyfriend. He keeps pushing off their wedding. Eventually, they do decide, like, they are getting married. They plan the whole thing. And Pam can't go through with it. She and Jim mm-hmm. have this moment towards the end of one season where they kiss. He decides he's going to tell her how he feels. He kisses her. She shuts him down. I mean, rightfully so, because she is engaged, but she likes him as well. It makes her question her wedding, and she decides to call it off between that, the ending of that season and the beginning of the next one. So you get to the next season, and they're still not together, and Jim leaves. He he goes to another branch. He is just over it. He decides he's not going to be with her, or he's not going to keep pining after her she doesn't reciprocate yeah which is fair sure but it's also really sad but you start to see as he moves to a different office building there's a couple characters that kind of become the main characters in his new life um one of Mm -hmm. which is andy and another is oh is her name karen it might be karen there's a couple girlfriends that he has another one however, is a girl that he starts to kind of flirt with, and she seems to be pretty good for him. But mm-hmm. lo and behold, that office gets shut down, that branch, mm. and it merges with the Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch. Oh, so he ends up back. He ends up back where he started. And Pam. Yes. And he's dating this new girl, Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to keep yeah. calling her Karen, even if she's not the right girlfriend. Sure. Um, he, start, he starts dating this girl, and Pam sees that he's moved on, and she's kind of missed the boat mm-hmm. and gets pretty sad about it. The whole time, Fair. Michael is doing goofs. It's a, it's a whole thing. He's living his best life. Also, his very, very worst life. <laughs> Wrecking other people's lives. Yes. You also have another main character, Dwight, who... As much as you hate him, you love him more than anyone else in the world, hopefully, because he's pure right. of heart and spirit. <laughs> Dwight Except also... when he isn't. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight carries around quite a bit of weaponry. At one point, after Jim has kissed Pam, Pam confesses this to Roy, and Roy comes up to beat down. He, he comes up swinging out of the warehouse, and oh, no. Dwight, in a fit of, like uncharacteristic but also maybe the only reason he's ever lived for (laughs) chivalry (laughs) pulls out some bear spray from his desk and just completely maces the dude onto the ground oh Oh, man and everyone just looks in like shocked silence and angela who is the office prude who is always very very Yes, office cat lady, very, very judgmental, acts like she doesn't have any kind of interest in anyone, but secretly, secretly is in love with Dwight, and him and her are together for most of the show, secretly, then Mm -hmm. break up, secretly, 
and end up back together. She she is not in the office at the time, mm-hmm. and she keeps having everyone retell her the story of him <laughs> of him macing this guy because it's so chivalrous. And she keeps acting. She goes from person to person, going, "Oh, I wasn't there. What happened?" Like it's the first yeah. time. So you just oh, see man. you just see a montage of her soaking up all of this love for her secret, secret, secret boyfriend, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Jim breaks up with his girlfriend. Him and Pam actually do get a, get together and get married. It's one of the few shows where they actually let people stay together after they get together for the first time. Right, instead of breaking them up for the drama. So this is the thing. They made us wait probably five, four seasons for this. It's a really mm-hmm. big lead up. Finally, they're together, and they decide, no, we're not going to break them up. We're not going to cause more drama. They're together. So they end up getting engaged, they get married, and they have two really, really cute little kids together. Aw, so they get the happy ending. They do, but one of the big things, and this is something I'm going to want to change, so keep this in your pocket. Mm -hmm. One of the things is, they do have a realistic marriage. It's not TV drama for the drama of it. It gets real. It gets hard. Pam, after she's had some kids, she starts starts to feel like she's not as cute anymore. She starts to feel boring and like she's just stuck in the same place. And at the same time, she doesn't really want to move or do anything else with her life. She's pretty happy with the family they have. She's just not feeling as cute. Right. So, Jim, however, is feeling very, very walled in. He always dreamed Mm -hmm. of doing bigger things. He always wanted to do something in sports. And he never really got up and made himself, I don't know, do something about it. He never gave himself the opportunity for it. Until... Him and some of his friends decide that they're actually going to do it. They're actually going to build a company around this idea they had where they're joining with athletes and creating a brand for them, I believe. Okay. So one of the things that they do is they all need to become investors in this company. This is a big thing between Jim and Pam is that they don't have a ton of extra money and all of the other people who are going in big with this company are putting in 20 grand 30 grand more than that even so the so the day comes where they've decided that they all they're gonna have a meeting they talk about what they need and all of the other investors say hey if you don't have the money for it if you don't want to be a part of this company right now that's okay we've actually got all the money we need to launch and jim Mm -hmm. puts in like 20 grand oh no and he doesn't tell pam Mm. For the most part, he doesn't tell Pam about it at all in the beginning. Oh, no. He tells her once he's invested, but he doesn't tell her that he's interested, that he's come up with his idea, that it's going to involve him being in Philly instead of him being in Scranton. It's a pretty big deal. he doesn't involve her at all. No, he's completely, completely kept her in the dark because he doesn't want it to get shut down. And he doesn't want her to worry or stress about it. But also he's just scared. He doesn't want Mm -hmm. this opportunity to be closed off to him again. Like, he feels he hasn't done a whole lot with his life. Which, looking at it, he's been a paper salesman 
since he was able to get a job for the most part. Yeah. So he goes behind her back and makes this huge investment when he didn't really need to. And they had talked about him only doing like five to 10 perhaps. So it turns out she finds out that he invested way more than he actually needed to. And she just feels like he's kind of going off completely on his own away from her with this, which he ends up having to do. He moves away and goes to Philly for like months and months and months. He's only going to be in town for several days out of the week and he's gone for the rest of it, which puts Pam Mm -hmm. in charge of all of the kids to herself. And you kind of see that as she gets more and more disgruntled and more and more stressed and kind of just frazzled. Mm -hmm. There's, oh, there's one day where she shows up to the office and she's just in sweats. You can tell she's given up. Her hair is messy. She's sweating. She's just, she looks miserable, miserable, miserable. And she starts kind of scratching her head. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) someone else in the office also starts scratching their head. And Pam, earlier in the day, was like, Cece, her daughter, has lice. And I was up all night long with her. She has lice. And it was terrible, terrible, terrible. And she goes to the office. And everyone gets lice. Oh, lice is such a terrible thing for children to get. But it's even worse when you're an adult. Because what an embarrassing thing. (laughs) It's so bad. So she does not tell anyone that it was her kid that had lice oh she keeps it secret so everyone blames it on this office alcoholic who just is known for being a wreck (laughs) her name is meredith Uh and she she just is she every part of her life is just dumpster fire terrible and she takes the blame for it She's like, I assume it was me. I mean, who knows? Who cares? And she shaves her head. She shaves her entire head. She says, I don't care. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care if you think I'm a dumpster fire and I'm sorry I gave everyone lice. I'm just going to shave my head so I don't have to, like, be a part of this anymore. She shaves her whole head. And Pam... Pam is just feeling worse and worse and worse about the entire thing. But she still doesn't fess up. She finally, finally gets outed. Her mom, her mom calls her and says, Cece got sent home because she has lice still or something along those lines. Uh To where everyone finds out and Pam never, ever came clean. Oh, no. So, so you start to see... Pam's unwinding and also the strain on their real life marriage as he's far away and she's trying to keep it all together and he's not really doing his part to be a family guy for them in that moment in his life. He's focusing more on the company, which is what they agreed on. However, it's just more and more stress and strain on her. And eventually, mm-hmm. he asks her to move because he can no longer be part-time with this company. He has to be full in. And she oh, starts to interview with companies in Philly and then decides she doesn't want to. She wants oh. to stay in Scranton. And she tells him she's not going to move. And he pulls himself out of the company. <gasps> oh. And he goes back to be a paper salesman. Oh. Which I on know. one hand, you're like, yeah, like, stick with your wife. That's definitely the right call. Yeah. But also, 
oh, was there no better, like, compromise that y'all could have come up with? Right. Well, a big part of it, and this is going to make you more sad, is that while he's gone, there are several stressful moments where Pam, one of them is he kind of yells at her on the phone and hangs up because she was supposed to record a recital from their daughter, Cece, Mm -hmm. and messes up the recording so it only gets the very beginning and the very end. Oh. And he yells at her on the phone and she starts crying and the boom mic guy who mm-hmm. you never see ever because he's just recording the stuff, he comes right. out and starts comforting her. Oh. And she starts crying on his shoulder and you can kind of tell in that moment that like maybe more is going on than you've seen. Right, because you are seeing this whole show through the lens of a mockumentary. Right. Which means we probably, we miss a lot of, we miss even more of the real deep stuff. Right. So she cries on this guy's shoulder, and you find out that him and his wife have recently separated. There's another scene where she paints a mural, and one of the warehouse guy, like, destroys it. He paints over it with, like, this gaudy orange paint and obscene pictures and she retaliates and he comes at her screaming this guy from the warehouse comes at her screaming and swinging and the boom mic guy comes to her defense and blocks him but ends up getting Mm -hmm. fired because of it because he's interfered too many times in the recording and they're not supposed to talk to the subjects but but this is not a wildlife documentary where you're gonna like unbalance nature. Sure, but it is. These are real people you should protect from harm. Well, there's so many other scenes where you go, uh, if that's the case, why didn't they step in before? Like the time Andy is floating away because they put him in one of those sumo suits for for oh, beach day. Yeah. And he gets sent out to the lake and just floats away. Or the away. fire. The day of the fire where they know the fire is a hoax. And they right. let everyone panic. They and let Stanley, Stanley get a heart attack anyway. They do. Oh, so there no. are so many scenes where you go, wait a second. You, you let this happen, but you are going to defend Pam and go to her just because she's crying? Maybe... Maybe the people filming the documentary are not real people. Maybe they're aliens. <laughs> because well, that's the only logical explanation I have for them not... It's not like, oh, we can't disrupt this delicate ecosystem. These are real human beings whose lives are sometimes in danger. And these other right? people have all the information that could prevent said danger. Yeah. And they do nothing. Which kind of feels like a crime. Well, I'm sure they signed their rights away. However, he does get in trouble. He gets fired. But they yeah. go out but not to lunch. For, not for lack of intervention, but for intervening. Yes, very much so. But Pam and Jim go out to lunch with this guy afterwards. Jim had heard that he had defended her. He's thanking him. And that's when you find out that him and his wife have separated. Ooh. And he starts crying And he says something along the lines of, one of these days we're going to hang out where we're not, like, one of us isn't crying. Oh. And Jim kind of looks at Pam and is like, 
What? When were you crying? Oh, all the time. Ugh. But he doesn't know. Jim didn't know that she had been building this relationship with this guy outside of their couple's dinners together. Right. So he starts to feel like maybe she's cheated on him. And it kind of leaves it pretty unclear, to be honest. Because there's a Mm -hmm. scene where they find out that all of these conversations... See, the test subjects, you start to get a better picture as the documentary goes on of who they are. And that it's a real, real documentary because it's getting closer to when it's actually going to be supposedly published and they're all going to be on on TV. Right. So they find out, all all of the people in the office find out that they've been recorded when they didn't know they were being recorded. Like when they were in the bathroom sometimes and... Oh, no. When they were on the street and they could hear, they have microphones that can hear super super far away because they're Mm -hmm. starting to see these pictures of things that they were doing but they're going wait a second you were able to get that on camera and pam Mm -hmm. goes to this guy's house and like demands to know what exactly is on camera and is on audio and you just hear the the other camera people in the bushes listening in And you really, Mm -hmm. really don't know what she's so scared about. Right. And he kind of assures her, and she leaves. And that's all you get. So it really Mm. leaves it up to question on whether or not she really did have an affair with him. Yeah. But Jim leaves his position. He comes back home, becomes a sales guy again. And at this point, Michael Scott, who... Lead guy this whole time. He's been in several really dubious relationships that have just not turned out well. At one point, he dates Pam's mom. Oh, I remember that. And then he breaks up with her because she's too old on her birthday. Yep. In front of Pam. And Pam punches him, which is good. But also, oh, oh no. Yeah, not, uh, (laughs) oh no. So he has bad relationships. So, he eventually gets in a relationship with this girl named Holly, who is basically the female version of Michael Scott. She's a little bit awkward, but I think in a more lovable way. She's a little bit less... Not PC. Yeah. She's actually the human resources rep for their their company. So... Human what? Human resources. Human resources. I heard human racehorses. <laughs> She's and actually like, the human racehorse. Uh, uh, what? I mean, that would She's go along human... with with the idea of her, of her, um, the idea of them being filmed by aliens instead of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. But she's basically she's... the female version yeah. of him, and you have several seasons. The first time you meet her. They fall desperately in love. They start dating. And then she gets transferred after only Mm. them dating for a couple weeks or months. Mm -hmm. And they break up. And then you have several seasons where they're not together, but he's still absolutely head over heels in love with her. He still keeps thinking about her and trying to catch up and get back together. And when they have Mm company-wide events, he goes and sees her. It's very, very sweet. And eventually, she comes back. 
She comes back, and they decide, against all odds, that they can be together. And they decide to get married. But as you find out that they're going to get married, he says that they're leaving. They're going to go live with, I think her her dad is sick. And they're going to go live closer to her family. Oh, yeah. So gonna, now, just as he's more likable and he's like figuring things out, and he finally, he's, finally, he's finally, gonna leave. Yeah, and he does. He leaves, and then you have two seasons where it's kind of mayhem. Like the office isn't real anymore. <laughs> there's there's about <laughs> six new managers. One of them is Will mm. Ferrell. Yeah, and he's mean, right? He. He's weird. I don't know if I'd say mean. He's just kind of weird. And there's a lot. We can't get into all of the new office managers. Just know there's a lot of upheaval. A lot of people go into office and get quickly, quickly kicked out at one point. Well, it seems like a lot of things at this point are being put together for... Like, the gimmick in the moment of, ha, 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 what if this terrible boss came in? And they just do that over and over and over. Which eventually you're like, no, like, I want I want a show. Like, I, it, where's the plot? Right. You, it definitely loses the sight of what is actually supposed to be happening. Um, right, because you can do, like, one gag character every so often. But you can't do gag characters back to back to back. Sure. So one big thing, and this is the last topic we'll talk about before we we have to we have to close up because this is this is right. so many seasons. But one right. thing is that Andy Bernard Nard mm-hmm. Dog becomes office yes. manager, and mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job for the most part in the beginning, and then mm-hmm. he decides he's gonna go take his family yacht on a trip and just leaves. He leaves for like two months. And right. He he's the person tell in his charge. Superiors. He yeah. doesn't tell anyone that he's gone. In fact, he goes so far as to message them and say, hey, things are great. Everything's great. We're at the office. We're all here. Oh, no. And surprising, although not so surprising, because really you realize they've been leading themselves this whole time. Everyone does right. fine. Every there, everything right. is going well, because, so well. <laughs> because Michael didn't ever actually offer leadership; he offered obstacles. He did. So actually, you find out that sales are up, and they've all gotten bonuses oh, for performing so well over the past two months. Oh man! And Andy gets back, and he gets a check for being such a good office manager, like a bonus. <laughs> But and just, everyone like, not is being just there. everyone is just glaring at him. Everyone is yeah. so in loathe with him. Oh, they for are sure. Over because it. he did he did less than nothing. He went on a vacation for two months. He did, and he had such a steep decline in his character. He went from being lovable Nard Dog to being absolutely hated. And very very soon after he gets back. The David Wallace finds out, and he doesn't mm-hmm. fire him because at one point Andy had helped him save his own career. Mm. So David Wallace doesn't fire him, and Andy, Andy decides instead 
that he's got to burn all of his bridges and become an actor. And the only way to become an actor is if he just gets fired. Oh, man. So he has, like, a self-destructive anti-character arc. He does. Because he starts off awkward. If I remember correctly, he's kind of awkward and out of place, but he's very thoughtful, lovable, like, kind, sweater vest wearing. With anger issues, but yes. Right, right. Uh, And that's not really the trajectory you want to see for a character. You want to see someone grow, not implode. But... If it's filming uh, real lives, that can happen. That really can yeah, happen. I, I mean, not true. not to such an extent, probably. But people do yeah, not take usually. turns for the worse. That's true. So he burns all his bridges. He's out. Is yeah. that the end? So mm, he goes on to an American Idol-esque show where he tries to sing them the song. And basically, they're like, dog, no. It's not. It's, mm. it's a no from me. And he sits down and has a meltdown and becomes viral for a song that (laughs) they turn to music, which is like, you can't just sit here and cry. And he's like, oh, I can't, so just sit here and cry. And Mm. basically, the show leaves off with everything is a little bit chaotic, and Dwight Schrute has finally become office overlord. (laughs) He He does a lot of necessary firing because you have a lot of these deadweight characters that are mm-hmm. really deadweight employees and Dwight has seen it this entire time and all the other office managers are way too oblivious and finally Dwight mm-hmm. he fires all these people he really gets the office in shape and it comes back the last episode is a year later mm. so you see people have been fired people have moved on Jim and Pam are still there Everyone else is just kind of living their own life. Some people are still there, but for the most part, it's very, very different. Mm -hmm. A big thing is that Dwight and Angela finally, finally made it stick, and they're getting married. And the entire last episode is their wedding. Okay, I think I've seen the last episode then. Well... You you would be very, very pleasantly surprised to know that Michael Scott does make his return for the very last Good. episode after being gone for two seasons, and his very, very first line is, that's what she said. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, that's in character. And his only other line is, it's like I watched all of my kids grow up and marry each other. It's every father's oh. dream. <laughs> oh no it's not not a that's a bad dream yes (sighs) so you see you see all of these characters coming back together it's been a long time some of them are just as big of a mess as they were before like kelly and ryan Mm -hmm. are these two office kind of love hate birds they're always on and off again kelly right and they're both super they're both super self-centered. They if are. If I remember correctly. They are. In the same, to the same degree, but in slightly different ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Kelly has moved on and has married a doctor. And Ryan her. has a baby. Oh. <laughs> and in this one episode, Kelly decides to leave her doctor husband. And he abandons his baby. Oh, no. And they run off together oh, for, like, no. one last terrible, oh. terrible choice. 
Oh, no. That's the worst. Like, they just, they don't learn any lessons. They don't grow up. They just do wrong. Right. Again. Right. So you, Ugh. you see everyone, everyone is kind of okay. Some of them are not so okay. And. Right. It's kind of realistic. Yeah. But you, they go home after the wedding and you see Jim and Pam and they get there and there's a for sale sign outside of their house. And oh. Pam, you find out, is surprising Jim by deciding oh. to move and he's going to get a shot to be a part of athlete again. It, oh. it grew so much that they have a spot for him. So they're able to actually do it and she's willing to make the choice to move again. That's really sweet. Yeah. And the very, very last scene is when they see the premiere of their documentary. They get to go oh. do they get to go do a panel where they're talking and they don't mm-hmm. think that anyone's gonna show up and it turns out it fills like an entire auditorium of everyone who Oh loves wow. Them. Oh, so it's really popular. It is. So you have several really, really interesting things. One of them is that Andy has moved on. He has actually spoken at the graduating ceremony at Cornell, which is the college that he went to and has never, ever gotten over. So he he says he's doing great. Everyone is kind of like, aw, of course you are, buddy. Because uh-huh. all they know is of the viral video. Right. But, but he, he actually keeps, has. Yeah, he keeps insisting. Like, he's actually doing pretty good with himself. And mm-hmm. everyone shows up. And instead of singing this viral video that he's been just getting harassed about the entire episode, all of right. these actual Office fans get out there and start saying, Nardog, Nardog. Aww. I know. Oh, it makes man. you want to cry. It's so sweet. So he builds himself back up after imploding. Yeah, it's really, really sweet. So you get to see absolutely the sweetest, sweetest little moments. One of the characters, actually, she's been, she was adopted and she never could find her Uh mom. And so part of the series is her going out and searching for her biological parents. And Mm -hmm. in the crowd at the office, they had seen her and they saw her search and they were her parents and they had been searching for her too. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So okay, you... so it sounds like part of the end, like a good bit of the end is pretty good. Yes. So we have to keep some of the things. But other things, I think, they gotta go. Some of the things yeah. are just too bizarre. Yeah. So how... So maybe, <laughs> how do we get to a better end? So I think the very first thing I want to do is get rid of several of the interim office managers. Absolutely. Well, it sounds kind of like you could get rid of all of them, almost. So, for a little while, Jim becomes half of an office manager while while Michael is still in the position. <laughs> uh-huh. Because they realize that he needs help. Yeah. So... You could keep that, I think. So maybe maybe you keep it all in the family. So only pre-existing yeah. office characters get rotated in. Sure. Because that would be fun and offer some consistency and, like, opportunity to advance the plot by developing their character. Right. Because it's people are one kind of person when they don't have any power. Sure. 
And they can be totally different when they do have power. So I would imagine it could reveal the best and the worst of all of them. Right. So one thing that I think most people would agree with could be cut is the whole Pam and the Boom Mike guy thing. It's really, really random. I think the show does a really good job of showing that they're having marriage problems without that happening. Right. She's still flustered. There's he's far away. She's absolutely at her wit's end with taking care of the babies and being completely on her own with it. And they're still fighting. They're in therapy. I think there's a lot of really good indicators that they are in a very real and very challenging relationship, but they're still in love without adding in this weird, messy, almost afterthought character arc with the boom my guy right which is not ever fully like well resolved either no it's never resolved so i would i would completely cut that out that would be the biggest thing that and getting rid of several of these weird random interim office managers i'd probably cut some of the episodes entirely just to keep the ending shorter it seems like there's a lot of time between michael leaving and the end of the show, which there doesn't really need to be if you get rid of some of these filler kind of episodes. Right. It seems like they're kind of dragging it out for the the money. Sure. So one of the characters that is absolutely just tear my eyeballs out every time they talk is this character named Nellie, who she shows up after Michael leaves. She's British. She's sad. And Uh she is so random. She's so random. She just shows up. She decides she's office manager while Andy is gone. And she starts giving everyone (laughs) raises. She just decides that that's just her job now. But how? She just tells them. She says, they say, you're not my boss. And she says, do you want the raise or not? And they say, yes. But you can't because you're not the boss. Right, and like she how just, do you make the she race just, like, signs the check charge. and like like sh- hands it over to them. <laughs> and so they decide yeah, she's the okay. boss cuz she does a really good job with it. And Andy gets back and he says, "No." <laughs> but he hates her after that. She almost gets him completely fired because everyone's kind of like, "Bye." <laughs> she did a pretty good job. And you were gone. Right. So. Right. But he hates her. He's absolutely terrible to her. The entire rest of the series. For, I mean, for the reason that she's his now arch nemesis. But she she's really right, nice. Right, fair, I guess. For the most part, she's kind of weird. She has a weird, sad story. And it's never fully explained. Mm-hmm. But she really, really wants to adopt a kid. And she has to get a review from her boss, and he writes the most scathing, horrible, nasty things about her. So he knows that what it's for, and he won't let her have her adopted child. Andy became a bad man. Well, eventually, Aaron, she starts Mm -hmm. crying, and Andy likes Aaron, and so he decides to do the right thing. Not because he ever thought that it was the right thing, but because he doesn't want her to be upset. Yeah. So unfortunately, unfortunately for Nellie, I think she has to go. It's not right. We got we got to cut the the Nellie storyline. Yeah, it's too too much of an afterthought. If you're if you're adding in a whole person 
and a whole thing in the last two seasons. Just don't. Just don't worry about it. We don't care. We don't care enough. Well, because I think in storytelling, early on, you have a lot of opportunity for adding in new information, new characters as you're building up to some kind of crescendo in your story. Right. Which it seems like in this is Michael achieving happiness like him becoming a better person and becoming a stable person in a relationship like that's your that's that your would, high that point. would be that would be the crescendo for the main character however you do the office is so interesting because it does have multiple main story arcs right so that but would the have show to is, be the show is about michael well. uh no. i mean it's about other people too I will say this. It becomes way more about other people than it is about Michael as time goes on. However, okay. he remains to be the central character in it all. Right. For well, the, the most pivotal, part. The pivotal moment seems to be him growing up. Yes. So and he, making like an unselfish decision to go with her instead of clinging to his desire for power in this job right because that's a bit he's like done a lot of things just out of wanting to seem cool or have power oh yeah he's made because tons i remember of, his tons whole... of bad decisions <laughs> right right so for him to choose to leave in order to like benefit someone else right is like a big deal even though he's not the only central character that seems like the turning point in the show. Well, a big part so of then, it is that he wants he wants her, he wants Holly to come stay with him instead of him leaving his job earlier on right. in the series. And it gets right. to this point where they're back together and he's finally willing to move for her and make that move to support her and her family as opposed to wanting her to uproot her entire life to fit his mold. Right. And so after you have that kind of high point in a show, then you really don't need to add on new stuff because things need to happen pretty quickly because you're in that descending, that descending action. It's time to wrap it up. Right, right. Which doesn't mean you can't add in some hiccups or something every once in a while, but it does mean you probably don't add in tons of new characters or at least not new characters you're going to devote a lot of time or energy to so i think you're right in that we need to prune out those interim bosses that aren't a part of the main cast right so i would even suggest we get rid of an entire season's worth of content and no particular like not getting rid of one specific season but getting rid of one of of the last two that much content of extra filler content that they just it seems like they were just adding in to add in after right things that don't move stuff forward sure because honestly after michael's gone it seems like the most important thing is the revelation that the office runs just fine by itself right so you do get the really really good segments with andy being boss andy leaving and andy's decline which i do think is super super valuable Maybe, right. maybe he, uh, I don't know. You've got to leave it. They wrote a really good decline. I know it sucks, but sometimes, sometimes people do be doing that. 
Right, and I think I think that's fair, especially in a show that's that's gone out of its way to show the good and the bad in people. Then you can let a character implode, especially since later on he has that upswing. Right, and he does like he's been obsessed with Cornell since he graduated. Sure, and he gets to go and speak there, and then everyone shouts "Nard Dog" instead of like making fun of him. Right, so, so you do I think have... that works. You do have those positive character arcs. And I think that if you were to get rid of all of the managers extra, all of Nellie, there's also two interns that show up. And one of them likes Aaron and she likes him. And so maybe. uh, But I do like that one. His name is. One of them is named Plop and the other is named something else. (laughs) They nickname them and it sticks. Oh, no. So, perhaps we do leave that in there, but maybe cut some of the cringy content of the other intern, who is just cringy. Right. You add in one intern instead of two. Yeah. You add in the one nice guy intern. He's not He's not out for being a gross, cringy guy like the other one. He's just, he's just in it to make Aaron happy and not be, like... Andy, who tells her that they don't need to break up because she doesn't have to be happy because his parents weren't happy and they had a fine relationship. Oh, no. So I think also we should make it where Aaron ends up with the the nice intern. Yeah, and she does. She does. Good. She breaks up with Andy. She doesn't end up with Andy. Yeah. She breaks up with Andy for the best. Although they did have a sweet story arc when it happened. It just needed to end. Right, right. Things happened later that didn't need to be good. Yeah. (laughs) So I think we cut Uh, those. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. We cut Scott's Tots, which is the worst episode in history, um, for Shersies. For absolute Shersies. It's already been cut from my brain, so it's out. Oh, I do know what it is. Yeah, I can't can't watch that one or think about it. (laughs) Because the second hand, like... Cringe is so painful. I cannot. Yeah, we cut that because it doesn't move things forward, really. No, it's just an upsetting episode. So for our viewers, Scott's Tots is just a random. Yes, (laughs) Scott's Tots (laughs) is just a random episode in the middle of everything, where you find out that one day, a long, long time ago, Michael Scott had promised a group of kindergartners that when they all went to college, he was going to fund their entire college. Right. Well, because he thought he was going to be so successful. And then he absolutely forgot about it for years and years and years. And And then... then, And then they were were uh, graduating and they were going to... They were all expecting him to pay for it. Some of them, it was like no one had dropped out and it was the first class that no one had dropped out of. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And he just shamefacedly walks out of the room and leaves. Mm. It's miserable. It's so upsetting. It's like a group of underprivileged kids. They're all so excited. They have a song and dance for him. Mm -hmm. and, And he just can't. And that's the whole episode. That's the whole episode. Yep. It's terrible. So I I say no. No. Yeah, we can we can cut it. That's too I mean, I think some people will be mad. And to a degree it does. I mean, it would be one thing if it was used to help Michael develop and change. It's but from terrible. what I remember, it he does doesn't. Nothing. Like he he learns no lesson. No. 
aside from maybe don't make promises you can't keep, but we can we can add that moral in in a different way. Right, right. Well, I think he kind of learns that. It it would probably be more effective if he learned it from a relationship he already has, which he kind of does. Sure. Of like learning to be a better person because you like make mistakes with people you have long-term relationships with. Sure. So this ending, people are still going their separate ways. Uh I kind of think I don't know. I I don't love uh Kelly and and Dufwad. Oh, uh, Kelly and Ryan, we forgot about that. I definitely yeah. think that they should see each other at the wedding and kind of both both say, "Ah, oh, what a what a terrible terrible decision we each made," and then leave. And then they go home with their right. with their human child and with their yeah. doctor husband, who is so good for her. Right, right. I think you need them to have, like, learned a lesson. Because that's part of what makes shows, like, gives you a satisfied feeling, is that people grow. Because in real life, ideally, that is what happens. And I don't watch fictional shows to to see just a, like, stark portrayal of real life uh, most of the time. I do when I watch Alone, I guess. But even then, that's, it's a kind of unreal life because they're out in the middle of nowhere uh, on purpose but like when i watch fictional shows i want it i want to see it doesn't have to be perfect but it should be hopeful ideally like i want people to i want people to end better than they started or on the upswing of like coming up from rock bottom sure so yeah, so I think we, we have that. Kelly. We have Kelly and Ryan like look at each other, laugh, and be like, ah ha 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 ha, <laughs> like moving on. <laughs> yeah, and then we have Michael come back, be himself, I guess, and at the wedding, Dwight and Angela definitely have to get married. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely cut out that whole bit with the boom guy and Pam. Because it doesn't really add anything, and it makes it harder. Because I feel like then you're left with always this kind of suspicion of, are Pam and Jim going to make it? Because, like, that's a big thing to... Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So I think you gotta... You gotta cut that. Plus, I think it would be more meaningful if Jim doesn't come back out of, like, a kind of jealousy or worry... I think Except he comes for, like, back concern out of, out of, for Pam. Out of concern for his relationship. Right, but I think it would be more meaningful if he comes back out of concern for Pam as a person. Sure. Instead of, like, ooh, I'm gonna lose Pam. Because mm-hmm. that's a different, that's a different vibe than... It is. It oh, definitely like, is. My, I'm hurting my wife by following my passion without consulting her. Right. So he sees, he sees maybe unwanted, maybe one day he gets back a little bit early and it's on uh-huh. a day that she hasn't like dressed up to make sure he knows she's okay. And it is on a day when she's super stressed out and, and frazzled. she's got like runny makeup and she's been crying. Yeah. And maybe, Aww. and maybe that's when he sees her and he kind of doesn't let her know he sees her, but goes and changes it. Yeah. I think that's a good plan because that would strengthen their relationship instead of always leaving this like chink that could be like exploited. Sure. Um, 
And then, yeah, I think Dwight has to become overlord of yeah, the he, office. He he does an amazing job. Good job, Dwight. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to add in that I want Pam to do more art stuff, because I like Pam's art Ooh, stuff. And that's maybe, a really sweet maybe moment. Maybe Pam doesn't fail art school. Yeah, I think Pam should should pass art school. She yeah. Should, she should make it. And then maybe she does a whole, like, study on scranton and dunder mifflin and that's part of her like she's like i'm done now like she puts her finishing touches on her last painting there and is like good to move on sure i will say she does do a mural of of everyone oh well that could still be in it but maybe it's better (laughs) okay because she passes art school it's more technically good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) okay so is that the better end i think that's the better end all right. So if you have story suggestions or you have a story idea you'd like us to end for you or you have a fun icebreaker question that you'd like to hear us discuss, um, you can send those to us at suggestions at to the better end dot com. And who do we want to thank? We want to thank our good, good friend, Josh. For our intro and outro music. The Office soundtrack, Unheard. (laughs) Yeah. The Office soundtrack, Unheard. Yep. (laughs) And if you could, leave us a review or some stars. We really really love those reviews and stars. We sure do. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Mm -hmm.